Welcome to Christian Financial Perspectives, where you're invited to gain insight, wisdom, and knowledge about how Christians integrate their faith, life, and finances with a biblical worldview. Here's your host, Christian investment advisor, financial planner, and coach, Bob Barber. Welcome to our 99th podcast. I mean, we are just one away now from number 100. And for those of you that listen to my podcast regularly, you're probably thinking, where has Bob been? Maybe that's wishful thinking, (laughs) thinking that you missed me. But I will say this, our last podcast came out around the 4th of May. And then uh, we just had a lot of things happening in the firm um, with Christian Financial Advisors and Bailey. You know, y'all were used to hearing Bailey on the the program with me, and she... uh, decided to move on to uh, an, another area of life. So she's no longer going to be doing the podcast, but I have a really good replacement. And I uh, think y'all are going to enjoy having Sean Peters happens to be my son-in-law, by the way. I think you're going to enjoy having Sean on the program with me. Sean's a sharp cookie. Of course he is because he married my daughter, Jenna. So, you know, the guy is smart already. So and you're Sean, not biased at all on that, are you, Bob? No, 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 not at all. Sean, tell our listeners that they're not going to know you. Tell them a little bit about yourself and and uh, sure. how you and I met. <laughs> yeah, so so I, Jenna and I, Bob, Bob's daughter, my my wife, we met at Liberty University. We were both going to school there, and from that relationship, I had met Bob. And he was, as many of you probably already know, was an investment advisor and still is. (laughs) And I actually had the opportunity to work with Bob right after school for something I thought was going to be maybe an internship to just kind of learn a little bit more about this, this industry. And that very quickly turned into a job. And then Jenna and I got married about a year or so later. And what year was that, Sean? And that was in uh, 2008 was when I came out here and Jenna and I got married in 2009 and worked here from uh, 2008 to 2013. At that time, I I felt the Lord was was calling me in a a little bit different direction. So for about seven years, I ended up working in digital marketing website development area, just, you know, learned a lot of interesting things. And in early 2020, God changed the direction again and made it really, really clear that I needed to come back. And, you know, it's a little bit different this time around. I'm a little bit older, hopefully a little bit wiser, I think. And I think <laughs> well, it's, you know it's me, been good. Everybody so, knows me. It's just so country boy. And uh, especially those that have been listening a while. It's so funny when our listeners call and they say, yeah, I've been listening to you. I know all about your family and everything. And 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 uh, I'm always teasing Sean. I'm always because because y'all, this is the real country boy in me. I'll say, you know, you ever watch these cows and they're always trying to eat the grass on the other side of the fence. And I know Sean, I'm just playing with you. Okay, I know, brother. <laughs> you thought it was greener over there, and I'm glad you came back. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. see it as the the Lord had things He needed to, to teach me, and <laughs> and there was some some skill sets that I needed to acquire, and and now I feel like I'm I'm a little bit better of a more rounded individual to be working here and helping people as, as an advisor. 
Amen to that. Amen to that. And Sean's got a degree in finance from Liberty University. And you talk about an ace when it comes to uh, Excel spreadsheets. I've never seen anybody work in an Excel spreadsheet like you, brother. I mean, I watched you on some of these and how do you come up with all these formulas and you know them all. It's amazing. Is this something you were doing like when you were in grade school or something? <laughs> Actually, funny, funny enough story. I, I don't get to share this as, as often, but starting in it's either eighth grade or ninth grade, I don't remember uh, which, which year it was. My dad had an old laptop at the time. It was a Toshiba something. And I started taking it to school to take notes. So I, I was at the time, I've gotten a little bit better at it, but I was a, a little bit OCD on how I would write using just pen and paper pencil. And, uh, it was, it was bad where I would constantly like go over my letters. And, and because of that, I was very slow at note taking, but I really wanted to be able to listen. And so I had asked my dad if I could take the laptop to take notes. So I got really good at typing. That was kind of my first, like getting into the computers. And really ever since then, I just, it was just more and more and more just with computer stuff and, you know, never really like a professional IT person, but I've just kind of always been fascinated and kind of gravitating towards technology. And and funny enough, that uh, eighth grade, ninth grade time period with that laptop was one of my first uh, entrepreneurial projects because uh, of the 30 kids that were typically in some of my classes for note taking, I ended up selling my notes, uh, typically five to $10 <laughs> a piece. So all the other kids could just listen and didn't have to write anything down. And then I would just oh print, co print copies at this, at the school. So I didn't even pay anything for the materials. And I, I got paid to print copies of my notes. So that so was, were all, you, that was you, fun. you were, were you using Excel spreadsheets back then? Uh, I think the first time I really started using anything like Excel spreadsheets was like my sophomore year. Oh, so okay. Back in, so you, uh, 2000, was that 2003? Yeah, I guess so. 2002, something like yeah. that. So yeah. So I've had no a wonder. user of experience. You grew up with then. it. Hey, I could do a better one on you than that. I, you, you ever heard of the Commodore 64? I've heard of it. I, I've never yeah. owned one. <laughs> That's going way back there, brother. There was a Commodore 64, then the 128, then the 356, and we've come a long way since then. Well, we better get on with today's podcast, but I want y'all to, you'll, you'll get to know Sean over the following podcast. And of course, you know me. And for those of you that are just joining us, welcome, by the way, to our 99th podcast. We're, we're next, next, the next podcast, which is going to be 100. We're going to be sharing a lot of the history of the first 99 podcasts we made. And we're going to be, be talking about those ones that are our most popular podcasts. But I thought today, um, Something that that Sean's you know watched his father-in-law very involved in is is what we call faith-based investing. And by the way, this is probably the I guess the fourth or fifth way to call biblically responsible investing or morally responsible investing or values-based investing. Now it's called faith-based investing. So so today I thought we would have a program on the history of faith-based investing. And that seems that's kind of the term being used today is, is, is faith-based investing, but it, it's gone through a lot of changes and it's an old movement now that's, that's been around, you know, quite a while. Yeah. It's very, it's very interesting. The, the concept, the, of, of faith-based investing, it's whether it's faith-based 
biblically responsible, faith-driven, socially responsible, you know, all of these really, you, you could, you could group them together under values-based investing. So whatever that, whatever those values might be, they're all really just different terms or maybe different, some of them are slightly different focuses of values-based investing. So what I, what I'd like to know on, on behalf of our listeners, Bob, how did you first hear about the concept of values-based investing? <laughs> now, you know, you say, how did I first hear about it? What, there was there was a part of it before even before I even heard about um, faith-based investing or values-based, morally responsible, you know, whatever you, you want to call it. Um, it. It came back to being a Christian. And when I was first getting into the financial services businesses, that's, that's basically what it was called back then. You know, today it's called the financial advisory business, but back then it was called the financial services business or industry. And, and Sean being that, you know, I love the Lord. I, I came to the Lord back in 84. So, you know, this is, I've been a, a Christian a, a long time, um, a good while when this idea came about that I wanted the, my business to glorify God and all it, all it did and everything it does. And, and so I started thinking, how does, how does this apply to finance? And, and those that have listened to the podcast have heard me say many times, I'm a Proverbs nut when it comes to the Bible. I love the book of Proverbs and it talks so much about how to handle money in Proverbs. That If you want to be successful in handling money, just go to Proverbs. But Around 95, 96, 97, right in that era, right in there, I started thinking uh, and asking myself, who am I investing in? What companies are we investing in? You know, stocks, the stock exchange. And then along came uh, this boycott. And those that know me know I'm Baptist. And uh, I was going to a Baptist church and the Southern Baptist Convention came out and they said, there is a certain company that has decided to dedicate a day out of the year, uh, and this was Disney back then, to honor the LGBT. And the, the Southern Baptist Convention, they were, they were offended by that, by taking a special day just to honor uh, that group. And... Southern Baptist Convention back then called for a, a boycott of Disney. Do, do you remember this, Sean? Or were you old enough? I mean, I don't know. You were about six or seven years old during that time, I guess, right? Uh, yeah, I don't I don't remember too much about that. Uh, unfortunately, I have to date myself. Apparently, you uh, became a believer about two years before I existed. So because <laughs> okay. I was born in, in late 86. And right. so I, I don't remember the boycott from my childhood. I just remember it since then because of talking to you and, and other people, you know, telling me of when it happened. <laughs> so what they really called it back then was Disney called it gay day. It wasn't called the LGBT back then because the LGBTs, you know, came along later that, that term. So I, I started wondering just from that, what could uh, born again, Bible believing Christians, if they're investing in companies like Disney could there be other companies that might be involved in agendas that would violate biblical principles? So I started digging 
in, in, in looking at companies and what, what, what they might be up to, uh, somehow somebody got me connected to a guy named Scott Fehrenbacher back then. And if you, I, I Googled Scott, you know, just today before we got onto the podcast and he's still around. Uh, and, and back then he was putting together like a spreadsheet of all the companies that may be involved uh, in, in promoting the anti-family agenda, like the gay lifestyle or promoting, um, you know, giving money to Planned Parenthood, uh, promoting pornography, abortion, uh, companies that were, were in the abortion industry. And so he started coming up with this list that uh, he was putting together and then starting to, you know, add the computer to it, to where you could look up these companies. And then he put me in touch with the Timothy plan. Now you've heard me mention the Timothy plan many times. I was one of the very beginning investors with the Timothy plan mutual funds. And if you go to the Timothy plan today, you'll, you'll see they're one of the founding companies of this moral. It was called morally responsible investing. That was the beginning term for it. And then Art Alley from that, and he's been on my podcast also, he realized that, well, morals can be defined differently, but not when you use the Bible. So he changed it from morally responsible investing to the term biblically responsible investing. And this, this is where the terms have kind of changed throughout the year to make this clearer uh, to the audience. At the time of the morally responsible investing, and then before, like say, Timothy Plan started using biblically responsible investing, it was more a little more common of, of the idea of I believe it was the, the ESG, the environmental social governance, as as the the idea of the the moral or morally responsible. That was that was kind of one of the first ideas for that, right? It wasn't necessarily Christian, right? Right, uh, and and actually, when you look at it from the socially responsible investing, compared that to morally responsible. The difference is uh, the same difference between conservative and liberal or Democrat and Republican. Okay. It's that, that big a difference in the back then it was. Uh, So, so maybe they've come to align together a little bit, but really there is a still a big difference today. So, so if you're thinking you're, you're morally responsible by being socially responsible in many ways, you're not at all. Got it. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so hearing a little bit about, you know, that your first introduction or, or that, that first part of maybe I should be thinking about this differently. You know, what were some of the challenges that you faced during those early days in, in there, trying to there pursue were, this? There were lots of challenges, Sean. There were a lot. Uh, first of all, there was just a handful of us from in the beginning. And quite frankly, we were thought of as nuts. You guys are crazy. I mean, how do you investing is investing and you really think you're going to make a difference by not investing and staying away from companies that are involved in some of these agendas. And we were also the, the big challenge was very limited, like mutual funds to pick from there were, there was the ETFs had not even come out then 
or if they 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 were they were just in the beginning stages in the secular market so that was not even not even remotely thought of and, and i remember when the timothy plan came out their first uh mutual fund was was a small cap value fund and small cap value is a good asset class to be invested in but it was not a great asset class in the beginning because it was the dot com bubble was coming along and it was uh, you know all invest in companies no matter what the price to earning ratio was and just bet on all these internet companies and values based investing was not into that i mean you know they're looking in companies that are trading at a value so that was not a popular f- fund back th- back then so the the early adopters faced many challenges of of diversification a portfolio of diversified investments that would be morally biblically uh responsible and it was a challenge to our clients and uh, the people that w- came along beside and said i want to be biblically responsible irregardless of what the returns are because i feel god owns it all and i want to honor him with it so so lots and lots of challenges in the beginning days definitely and just like you say not being accepted in the overall industry even amongst christians so it sounds a little bit like the the big challenges were being able to find investment options that would align with your values with with the way you were trying to invest on behalf of clients that would also allow you to be properly diversified because obviously the the goal is is not only to be in those early days biblically responsible but you do still need to adhere to sound financial principles and in portfolio theory and diversification and, and all of that. Yeah. Right. And then I guess the added challenge, it sounds like that unlike maybe, maybe today where, where it's becoming more commonplace that people know to even look for something like this as an option. Yeah. It's becoming more. You were having to educate people from the very beginning of, of when they talk to you and you explaining this concept and talking about, that God does own it all. This is why we're trying to do it because most of those I'm assuming at the time before talking to you maybe had never even heard of the idea. Absolutely. And, and, and it was, you know, it was not mainstream. It was in the beginning years. It was the pioneers. Grassroots, and, if you will. and I, I think of it like that. I think of, of, of some friends of mine that maybe a lot of people have never heard of, but uh, you know, our alley, Steve Valley, who has gone to be with the Lord now of Timothy Plan. Uh, I think of Mark Manella, a, a great friend of mine for many years with Integrity Investors. I think of Dan Hart. Um, these, you know, uh, Dwight Short. Um, and and th- if these guys hear this podcast, they're going to be honored that I mentioned their name. Because Shout out to the OG hear- guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were they were out there. and um, And then, you know, from this, there was an organization started that was called the National Association of Christian Financial Consultants. And that organization never did grow to a huge organization because it was, it, it was truly about biblically responsible. And this is where you're going to do it. And if you're not going to do it this way, just don't be involved um, because this is what we're about. 
And, and later, in the later years, came along a, a wonderful organization today. It's called Kingdom Advisors. And a lot of people will hear me talk about that. But there's a lot of people in Kingdom Advisors that are still not subscribing to being biblically responsible, but they do integrate Christian principles and all the other areas of uh, financial planning. But it's still, it's still mind-boggling to me that anybody would not integrate and not believe in biblically responsible investing because it's such a, a part. It's kind of like your core when it comes to financial advice and planning because it's investing that is what we do. And once you get into biblically responsible investing, it kind of takes you along the path of opening all the other areas of your life up to God's ownership of everything. I don't know if that makes sense, but I hope it does. Absolutely, absolutely makes sense. I uh, hopefully it, it makes sense for the for the listeners. Uh, I was, you know, g- going to ask you who some of your first partners or companies that you you had started working with in, in the movement. I, I think we covered those pretty well. Well, uh, we covered a few, and yeah. then later, were, were there any others uh, that besides the ones you already mentioned? Were there any others that you had had found or partnered or or had you know started working with kind of in the early days of that movement? Yeah, they're uh, and and you know they've been involved a long time, but I remember it was Ave Maria funds. Um, you know they were Catholic funds, very very pro life. Uh, you know later that came along was the Eventide funds, and and now of course you know I'm very very close friends with Robert and Nestle of Inspire ETFs, and and man that that brother that brother caught the movement and just went on fire all the way. And he's got a lot more energy than me because he's younger. And I'm just really excited about him. We'll talk about Robert here a little bit later. That's great. So one question that that uh, kind of comes to mind, can you explain for our listeners the difference between the types of investing people have been hearing more about today? Because, for example, people might hear about faith-based, faith-driven morally responsible, as we've already mentioned, and biblically responsible. And that there's quite a few others that are probably out there that people have heard, but maybe you could talk a little bit about what are the differences between those if there, if there really are. Yeah, there, there's not a lot of difference. And it's, it's interesting though, as I've watched this over the years grow, uh, where for some reason there's been different names that have that have been more accepted. So in in the beginning was morally responsible, then biblically responsible. And then it changed to, to along to values based. And now it's more called faith based. And I'm not sure, but there, but for some reason along the lines and, you know, things change, but, but now it's much more accepted with that term, uh, faith based investing, even though, it's basically at the core, it's the exact same thing. So, so I guess having the right name is that important, is that important? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure why that, that made it more mainstream, but it, but it did maybe because it was inclusion of all faiths, but it's still Christian based It's still based on the word of God. Now there are different ways that some of the companies handle faith-based investing. Uh, Some companies will say, well, we're not going to invest in a company that is involved in that industry. Okay. So let's, as an example, one of the, 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 
major well-known funds that only used to be available to Baptists is Guidestone funds. Guidestone is not knowingly ever going, they're not going to invest in a company that is producing pornography. Okay. But they may invest in a company like Netflix or maybe Apple or Google that would, they're not, they're not making pornography, but they show pornography through their networks. But guys, some say, well, we're, they're not making it. So we're, we're okay investing in that where there's others that will say, if they're giving that as a choice, we're not going to invest in them. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Let me give you another example. That's real, real clear. Um, maybe it's a, it's a pharmaceutical company and that with a pharmaceutical, maybe they're using fetal tissue research. So we don't want to invest in them, but there could be another company that's not involved in fetal tissue research, but they're giving money to Planned Parenthood, which is one of the largest abortion providers in the United States. So see, there's the two differences there. The thing is, I don't think we need to be beating each other up over exactly how it's going to be done, but there is avoidance. But there's also, which I like about Eventide Funds, they came along and said, okay, it's it's not just about avoidance, but it's also about uh, inclusion and, and looking at the good side of companies. And this is where, you know, we, we have our seven investment management principles and and so you look for companies that have pro-life values and companies that pr- produces the things we need and treats their employees well with fair pay and good benefits, good health insurance, retirement plans, provides a safe working environment is actually treats the environment good because if you love the, if you love the creator, take care of the creation, you know? So did you see the diff- different sides of this in the beginning? It was all about avoidance. It's still about avoidance, but, ne- but, they say, well, wait, let's also look for companies that are doing good, not just avoid companies that are doing bad. And that's where really the history of faith-based investing and where it's come to today. And I'm excited about that because you don't just always want to say, well, I'm doing what I'm, I'm just avoiding the bad. Well, let's look for the good. Makes sense. Uh, yeah. So, so the, the idea of looking for companies that they may not necessarily be Christian, like they, they like our, obviously our firm is very unapologetically, we're Christian financial advisors, but not all companies that are, are good options that are making that positive impact are Christian, but, but they are, there are a lot of companies that make a positive impact on their community, whether that be through their employees, whether it's their, their stakeholders, whether it be the customers that they serve or, you know, the actual, like maybe the community that they are located in. So yeah, that's, that's great. And I, I, and I think that's actually really encouraging, especially today and, and my experience over the last 12 years, I guess, of, of knowing about this and, and seeing where we're at now compared to hearing of when you first started that, that we really have that more holistic picture of avoiding certain negative issues, but also finding companies that should be celebrated for the positive impact that they're having. And, you know, Sean, we, we had the early adopters and then kind of the midstream adopters and then the later adopters and, and in that midstream adopters, like, uh, in the last seven, 
five to seven years, you know, not 20 years ago, but in the last five to seven years, we've had some of the younger generation that I'm so excited about that's come along, uh, you know, and this is where we get it to, to like mention inspire funds. I, I just love this brother. And, and, you know, he's got that program called inspire insight and he's working with Biola university to put this information together to where you can go put in any company and you can see the good and the bad, <laughs> you know, and, and they, and then they come up with a score and you're, what you're looking for is a positive score on the company. Yep. And they also, I, I appreciate that inspire is, you know, looking for both the avoidance on the negative and also looking for the companies that are on the positive side, like making that, that beneficial impact on, on their community and what they offer. And, and I think, I think that's great just to see, you know, you have Timothy plan and Eventide and inspire and, and really all of them have, have gotten to that point. Now it's, it's kind of like the, the maturity of the sector or, or offerings have, have gotten so much better. And it, to me, it, it really speaks to biblical principles anyway, of just this, this holistic that, you know, when, when you're held accountable and, and God owns all of this, it's not just about what you're not supposed to do, but it's about what you should be doing. You know, like, like someone who, someone who avoids sin, but doesn't reach out and, and help the elderly, doesn't help those in need, doesn't, uh, you know, donate doesn't their time, <laughs> you know, doesn't yeah. feed, right. doesn't feed and clothe yeah. and visit people mm -hmm. in prison. Like, well, though it's it, not doing those doesn't mean that you're a bad person, but, but there's more to it than just not doing the bad stuff. It's about doing the positive things. Yeah. We say in scripture, you know, faith without works is dead. And so looking, looking for the good, and this is really taking us up, you know, we got about five more minutes to go today, 10 at the max is that where we are today is we've gone from, and I remember in the beginning, you know, it was, I was there in the first $10,000, $20,000 getting into this movement. And now this movement is, you know, close to a trillion. It, it's just got, it's gotten that big. And, and what's it is just praise God to watch this movement because now really there's no excuse for a Christian not to be uh, biblically responsible, values-based, you know, faith-based, whatever you want to call it. It's all the same thing because in, in the, in the essentials, it's, it's what matters and you can invest in international, you can invest small cap growth, small cap value, large cap growth, large cap value, mid cap bonds, intermediate bonds, long-term bonds, short-term bonds, high yield bonds. You can invest in all the different asset classes uh, amongst all the different categories and get a very well diversified portfolio today and stay within being 100% biblically responsible. And I, I, that's, this is more exciting today than I've ever seen it. And that's showing, you know, that this movement is going to continue to grow. And I, what excites me too, in, in telling my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ is 
you know, it doesn't make sense for you to go out and vote right and vote for conservative values and then go invest left because you don't need to be investing left. You can vote right and you can invest right as well. Yeah. Well, I have one one question for you, Bob, for, for us to wrap up. Do you have any reading recommendations or, or other resources maybe for our listeners that would like to learn more about what is now commonly known more uh, faith-based investing. You know, I do, Sean, and I'm, I'm kind of a little bit biased because I wrote this, this Bible study, but I really believe it begins with the word of God and prayer. Uh, you know, I, I had a, a, another a client in the office with me the other day and, um, you know, they've got half of their investments, uh, biblically responsible and the other half is not. And I asked them, well, would you like the other half to be? And they go, well, we need to think about that and pray about that. And I said, well, here's a, here's a copy of the, the Bible study, biblical viewpoints of money and wealth that I'd like to give you and allow the word of God and the Holy spirit to get a hold of your heart and see where that takes you. Because, you know, God's not going to answer against his word. And if you, if you need to pray about being biblically responsible, when you know about it, you need to go seek the word of God because I just, I, I, I have a hard time believing that God would not want all Christians to be biblically responsible with their investments. Uh, Robert Nestle from inspire has wrote biblically responsible investing another really good book. Timothy plan just came out with one recently uh, as well. And if you'll go to their website, you'll see it's called Invested With Purpose, and that's by R. Alley. And I would recommend those three to start with. And there are others, but I think I'm not going to overwhelm somebody. That's great. So, so Bob, just to recap the, the name of the Bible study. It's called or- Biblical Viewpoints of Money and Wealth. It's seven sessions. I'm going to open it right up here real quick, and I'll, I'll just give you an idea about what these sessions are. Uh, it, and we call them viewpoints. And the reason they're viewpoints is because you've got a, the first viewpoint is a biblical versus a secular worldview. And that's that's what you've got to come down to, too, is because biblically responsible faith-based investing is a biblical worldview. And then that second is, who's the owner? Who owns it all? And who's the manager? And there's a there's scriptural basis in there. You know, Psalms 24, one says the earth is the Lord's and, and everything in it. So th- there's a, it has to, we have to come to that conclusion that God owns it all. It's not us. And then, you know, the viewpoint of working in retirement, secular and biblical counsel, money and wealth, giving and blessings and inheritance and legacy that goes through those. And I, I and then the other two books I mentioned, you know, by, by Robert, uh, Nestle and Art Alley. I would suggest those two. Okay, and and uh, I will warn our listeners the the Bible study that Bob mentioned is very Bible heavy. So make make sure you have your Bible or your your Bible app because there there's not a a lot of words already pre written for you. It's it it is a lot of directed. Go read this scripture now. Go read this scripture now. Go read this scripture. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. Because I want yeah. I want I'm not I don't want to speak to someone. I want it to be the word of God speaking Amen. to their heart. Yeah. Sean, thank you. Wasn't this great. fun? This is great. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I hope our, our listeners don't, don't riot and, uh, will, will allow me to, 
come back for the next one. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it today. By the way, if you, uh, you, you want some help, you can always go to uh, christianfinancialadvisors.com, Christian FA. You can abbreviate the financial advisors. If you don't want to spell out financial advisors, you can just go christianfa.com. Uh, our phone number, 830-609-6986. We serve our brothers and sisters nationwide and would love to help you get uh, biblically responsible, faith-based investing as, as part of of your life and, and bring that, uh, you know, to fruition. Thank you for sticking with us this long. That's all today. That's all for now. We invite you to listen to all of our past episodes covering many financial topics from a Christian perspective. To make sure you don't miss any of Bob's upcoming episodes, you can subscribe to Christian Financial Perspectives on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or Amazon Music. To learn more about integrating your faith with your finances, visit ChristianFinancialAdvisors.com or call 830-609-6986. Investment advisory services offered through Christian Investment Advisors, Inc., DBA Christian Financial Advisors, also known as Christian Financial Advisors Management Group, a registered investment advisor. Comments from today's show are for informational purposes only and not to be considered investment advice or recommendations to buy or sell any company that may have been mentioned or discussed. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host, Bob Barber, and his guests. Bob does not provide tax advice and encourages you to seek guidance from a tax professional. While Christian Investment Advisors believes the information to be accurate and reliable, we do not claim or have responsibility for its completeness, accuracy, or reliability.